Welcome to the Warrior Women Project podcast, helping you become a warrior woman, sort your shit and find better balance in your life. Welcome to another episode of the Warrior Women Project. This is Jen, Warrior Woman here, and today I am with Danny Gordon. Now, I met Danny because on Facebook I saw an event that she was doing. It was a retreat, and I clicked that I was interested in it. And she messaged me to see if I was actually going to come. It turned out that the dates didn't work for me, so we went for tea instead and had a chat. And it turns out that we had a, another mutual friend because the world is such a small place. Danny, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good, I'm feeling good. Good, good, good. And can you just tell the listeners a little bit about what your business is about and who you are? Yeah, so um, I'm Danny. I live in Edinburgh. I'm a Glasgow girl, but I have moved to the dark side and I now live in Edinburgh. <laughs> I, um, I started a project called the Chachi Power Project in January of 2017. And the plan was for it to be a four-month project might uh, end up in a little event that was happening in May of last year in Edinburgh and it, it it's all about body positivity and helping people have a better body image and how we can encourage other people uh, people to um, respect other people like other uh, understand that all bodies are normal and acceptable and how you can learn to think differently about your own body yeah. um, and then this four-month project has uh, turned into, so far, what are we, March now? 14 months? Yeah. Of of and, and it's now my full-time gig. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's turned into a bit of a business. So it's, it's, the, it's the best thing I've ever done. I'm very proud of it. And I'm yeah. loving everything that I'm doing. Cool. So what did you do before the Chachi Um I worked, I've always worked in the creative industries. Okay for different organizations. So I've worked in museums, um, I've worked for PR companies, communication agencies, and I was working uh, for a wonderful company that I loved in Glasgow for about seven years. Unfortunately, they were going through a few difficult times, had to make a few redundancies, and I was one of them. So I finished there in December 2016, and I started this project as a sort of like in-betweeny thing to do while I was kind of job searching. Yeah. And those jobs never materialized uh, because I was doing so well with this project. <laughs> <laughs> the universe was conspiring to take you in the right direction. Exactly. <laughs> everyone, everyone says, there was a few people when I was made redundant, there was a, there was, everyone was like, you know, that normal sort of, oh, you know, that's rubbish. Oh, you know, what, what are you thinking? What are you going to do? You know? And then there was like two people that like picked up the phone. One was my cousin and one was my but my brother's ex-girlfriend is like a friend of mine. And they both said, congratulations. <laughs> and I was like, what? They're like, best thing that's ever going to happen to you. It's happened yeah. to me. The best thing is because it encouraged me to do this and go down this path I never thought of. And it's so true. It's the best thing. And I don't believe these things. Uh, every different change in life, there's something that's yeah. for you on the other side. Yeah, definitely. That's like any time you uh, hear somebody getting made redundant, I'm all, I always want to go, oh, that's amazing news, but you kind of like, oh, that's a shame, but it's going to be good. I promise it's going to work out all right. Because it's like, oh, no, here comes Jen and her positivity shit again. Shut up. <laughs> Have you ever been made redundant? Yes. 
Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> when you, a couple when you, of times, yeah. Right. When you're saying it from a position where you've actually experienced it and something's come from it, you you can see it. It's just it's when you're hearing it from people that haven't been through it, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> you get made redundant and then come and chat to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I have been made redundant a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke from experience. Yeah. <laughs> so Chachi Power, what what does that mean? It's such a cool name. Yeah. It catches your attention. It's um it it's quite it, there's a bit of a funny story behind it. Um and I try and kind of people when you look at my business cards or look at my logo, you'll under you'll kind of be like, oh um <laughs> so I was talking to a friend. In, before this project started I was talking to a friend and she was she said she told me a story that she was work, she was doing a yoga session a yoga one-to-one session with um her yoga yogi <laughs> what's, the, what's the word your yogi yoga teacher your yoga teacher <laughs> um and she was working on the chakra that goes through your pubic area Okay. So that's the chakra that deals with your sexual energy, your creativity, and like your base emotions, I think. Yep. And um, she, she was like, yeah, I was working on my chachi creativity. And I was like, what? <laughs> your chachi creativity? She was like, yeah, my chachi. That's what my niece calls her bits. Her chachi. <laughs> I've got a chachi. And Thomas has got a billy bob. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, that's actually so cute. But chat creativity. And then, then we were talking about how it has its connections to the Pussy Power movement and Chachi became like Chachi Power and like Chachi, uh, it was all about collaboration and friendship and community and positivity and uh, strength. And, and so when I started the project, I was, I, I, I was messaging her and she was like, this is a brilliant project, I love it. And I was like, oh, do you think I could call it Chachi Power Projects? I need to come up with a name for it. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's totally stuck. And now I am registered as a sole trader, trading as the Chachi Power Project. <laughs> and so when I go into schools and universities and people ask me what it's called, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this is the story but the problem is people think that because it's called that and it's like a name for your you know your vagina, like vagina <laughs> yeah um everyone thinks that automatically it's, it's, a, it's like to do with women or it's to do with females or or only people with vaginas and I'm like oh no when I started the project I had kind of thought maybe that would be the way it would go but because it's a body positive project it doesn't exclude anyone yeah you can't be body positive and exclude a whole part of the human race. Yeah. Body positivity is about embracing all all sizes, shapes, ages, races, genders, you know. Yeah. So it is for everyone, but that you know, it's the same along the lines of feminism, it's for everyone also. So yeah, uh, yeah Chachi Power, it's about strength, it's about collaboration, it's about feminism, it's about friendship. Um and yeah. That's where the name comes. It's kind of a, a gender gender neutral kind of term yes. for your vagina because yeah. Well, apparently it's it means it's like um, old Spanish slang for cool. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, like when it's like a when it's like a, I think that's why Chachi and Joni in Happy Days was called Chachi. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I th- when it's an uncomfortable one, I know somebody might not take it well or when they might be a bit dubious about it or if it's kids or something, that's what I'll tell them. Yeah. 
yeah, I go for the real reason. <laughs> and I'm quite proud of the real reason. It's a good story. Yeah, it's a good story. It's a very good story. <laughs> so when you when you're talking body confidence, what types of people come to you for, and what sort of things is it that you're sharing with them? Well, um, just to clarify, mine it's a body positive project, and body positivity is a movement. It, okay. um, people, it's kind of war, the, that sort of. Um, those words have kind of warped a little bit because people now say, oh, I'm body positive, when they actually mean that I'm body confident. If okay. you are confident about your own body, you would call that body confidence. Right. Body positivity is a movement. It's, a, it's the body positive movement. And it's the movement which encourages us to um, respect bodies of all types. And that counts for age, race, gender, ability, uh, size, shape, and health status. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that I'm a member of the body positive movement and mm -hmm. I push out those messages. Yeah. While I also encourage people to try and improve their body confidence, right. their, their own body image. And I would say the people that come to me generally are women because it seems to be more acceptable for women to talk about this sort of thing. Yeah. And there's more and more stats of like how it's an issue that's raising for uh, men and boys yeah right and um, the problem with that is it's seen as a very um it's either seen as a female issue or a gay issue so it's not acceptable for men to talk about it mm. because of the patriarchy and <laughs> um and but it's also seen as like something to do with your mental health and that's another reason why it's even more difficult for men to speak about it because there's such a stigma against anyone having an issue with their mental health Whereas women, because it's been so common for women to feel like this and we're getting more vocal about it, it's much more, it's much more acceptable for women to talk about it and to discuss have negative thoughts around their bodies. And, and, and realizing, and a lot of women just realize that they, um, they want to feel different about their, differently about their bodies, but they have no idea that it's even possible, how to do it, where they would start, how to get there. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of exploring that. Um, in different ways and um, it's a real variety of people all ages like from 18, 17, 18 um, right up to women in their 60s and 70s who yeah. still have these ideas you know it's, people say that it's something oh you know that sort of way that you feel about your body that's, that comes with age you know you get to you, 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 you learn as you grow up that you don't have to feel this way about your body. And I'm like, mm, I've done focus groups with women in their 60s and 70s who still feel that they can't be happy in their body unless their husband tells them they look good or they've lost, lost weight or it, it's always something that dictates to them whether they can yeah. be happy. Um, so, it's, you know, and these are women who are like spiritual, have traveled, have had children, have, uh, you know, are educated or like, you know, you would think they would be the ones that would be like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm just happy in my existence and I'm happy to be alive and live my life, but they still have these hang-ups. Yeah. So it affects, it affects everyone. There's yeah. very few people that are immune. Yeah. Especially with like the media and the way the media portrays people and the constant messages that you're bombarded. Like from when I, I remember when I was about, maybe even as late, early as primary school people talking about being concerned about their weight and 
looking at magazines like Just Seventeen and Ms and things like that, and all the models looked a certain way. And even at that young age, there was articles in it about how to get a flat tummy, how to how to do all these things to improve your body shape, and it's just bombarded, particularly at girls from a young age. Boys more so now that men's men's health magazines and various other versions of that are becoming much much more popular. Yeah, it's um, it's it's like it's the first th- this idea that, that fat is bad and thin is the ideal and thin mm. is and thin is automatically healthy mm. and we should all be chasing the healthy, chasing the thin, um, and you know when you're at school like fat is the f- first insult or the first mean word because that that everyone that it gets thrown around in the playground yeah and and you know I remember being called fat when I was a kid and how much it hurt because how much negativity I had around that word mm-hmm. and what's interesting now is getting into the body positive world like there's fat people fat men and women who are reclaiming the word fat and saying it's a descriptor it's like saying I've got blue eyes yeah I, you know they're taking they're like you, you know, if somebody, and they're saying, if somebody called me that across the street, it wouldn't, it, you know, it wouldn't have any impact on me anymore because I've taken the harshness out of it. Yeah. I have come to, I have retrained my brain on what is, of what is acceptable, what is a normal body, what is a body that is allowed to exist. And so I don't see fat people as all of the things that we're told fat people are. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's amazing that has taken the harshness out of it. So I, I use that word now, um, uh, and, but I will only use it with people who have accepted that, well, like if they are open to using that word because, yeah. because so many people are like, may, they may be fat, but they may not be comfortable using that word. You know, you need to kind of be aware of that. So like when like I hear kids shouting it in the street, I'm like, it, it's... Um, it's so like upsetting when people are are hurt by it. Mm-hmm. But isn't it funny that that's the first insult that you that you, you get, you and it's all about yeah. somebody's looks, and it's it's like. Yeah. Um, but yes, there's there's all this research that's happening that's coming out about how young kids are being um, uh, affected by it. There's yeah. a story from the states about. Um, because this diverse range of Barbies was brought out. Okay. So there was like a black Barbie and a petite Barbie and a tall and a curvy Barbie. Yeah. And so they, they watched these six-year-old girls through a two-way mirror playing with the Barbies. And there's, they're, they're six and they're undressing the curvy Barbie. They're excluding her. They're pointing at her and laughing. When the adults come in the room, they're like, we, don't, we didn't want to upset her, so we spelled the word F-A-T. And, you know, it's at six years old, those messages are penetrating our brains. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's coming from everywhere. It's coming from the pictures you see on the cereal packet. It's the advertising you see on the billboards. It's from the mouth of your mother who's saying, I need to go on a diet. Yeah. I need to go to the gym. I can't eat that snack because I've not been to the gym. You know, like kids... I don't have children, but I've done lots of discussions with parents, head teachers, psychologists, um, and they say the first thing that they do, kids do, is they they learn by mimicking. Yes. So they're literally just 
picking up on everything you and they, they absorb it all in yeah my friend this woman i met um at a networking event recently was saying how her daughter at three had started standing in front of the mirror and going oh and and i was like and she was like looking at her going oh my god she has let picked that up from me yeah and she's not I, even consciously realized not, that everyone's yeah. watching her yeah, yeah another, another friend was telling me how her daughter at five years old had come home from brownies and said, um, and they were talking about having a snack, and she was like, I can't have a snack. I've not, uh, I'm on a diet. And my friend was like, we don't use the D word in the house. We never restrict food. You eat when you're hungry. Food is sometimes food or a, an everyday food or a sometimes food. You know, yeah. you know nothing is good or bad. You know, um, And she said, she and it, it turned out that her daughter didn't know what diet meant she just heard her brown owl say that because they'd had snacks or cake or something at brownies yeah and she just totally picked up on it and, then and that mimicking that. behavior you know it's yeah. not just the words that you're saying i can't do that i'm going to die that's actually feeding into your actions yeah so yeah it's happening it's happening younger and younger and that's a real concern yeah because that was the the opposite. People used to um, like call me skinny and call me Skeletor. Mm. And I remember, and I think it was in primary six or primary seven, one of the girls in my class told me I was going to die because I had an anorexia. And she clearly didn't know what that word meant. I didn't know what that word meant. I just was a fussy eater. She picked that up from somewhere and it was like, and now when I think back, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> where, did, where did she hear that? Where did that shit come from yeah. and it's then getting repeated and it did affect me because I used to then gorge and crisps and chocolate and things to try and make myself fatter because I it's was like, I wasn't but that was just my natural body shape and it's like it's at school if anything is out of out of the norm yeah well like you could look like the most generic bland like don't stand out from anything and they will kids will find something yeah to like poke fun at and it yep. tends to be looks because that's the easiest thing yeah. probably to because they don't know anything else no they don't it's you just, know yeah and and you know my mum always said oh, kids can be mean kids can be mean kids are mean <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 true it's it's just it's just um yeah it's just happening it's, apparently there's, there's a statistic that's something like if your mum has a healthy perspective of her own body and a balanced attitude towards food, then you're 70% more likely to as well. Only 70% more likely. Well, I think that's quite, well, yeah, because that, that will, if you think of that, if, so if you had that good situation, yeah. there's a 30% chance that outside messaging, which is marketing and advertising and school yeah. and peers and all that, yeah. they've got a 30% chance. But see if your mum doesn't have those things. Yeah then you're literally screwed. Like you, <laughs> to all the mothers out there listening. Chance, 100% <laughs> chance that you have got, I'm like, that is, I mean, like parents have it really tough these days. There's so yeah. many things you have to do to be a good parent and to be like a good wife. And I don't want to say, or, you know, like put this other thing on them. Yeah. But I know that if I, if and when I have children, it's going to be a real, because of what I've been through with my body confidence issues all my life, I really want to try everything I can do to prevent a child from having it. Because I recognize how much of an impact that had yeah. on my whole life. 
yeah. you know, and everything to do with my behaviors, my relationships, the way I was, I allowed myself to be treated, the way I, I, I treated others, mm-hmm. um, the way I thought about myself, my self-worth. It fed into so much stuff I had no idea about until I resolved it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I would do everything I can to prevent, you know, I'll probably screw my kid up in some other way. <laughs> I'll get I, think that, I think that's a parent's rite of passage to fuck yeah. the kids up in some way. <laughs> my, my, my dad said this to me recently. He's like, is it, he's like, oh, is this another thing that I got wrong? And I was like, Dad, I know that everything you did you thought was right because you don't, everything, you don't know everything. You don't know yeah. the handbook, blah, blah, blah. I know. But, yeah, it's my mum throws, throws that one to me and I'm like, you were 23 when you had me. That's like a child. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I'm like, underlying everything that you have ever said, every sort of like criticism or negative that you throw at me, I know it's because you want me to be safe. You want me to be yeah. secure. That's your idea of what safety is. You love me and you want me to be happy. Yeah. And so every time you go, oh, do you think that's a good idea? Or do you think you shouldn't do that? Or, you know, you know, are you making enough money? Blah, 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 all this stuff. I know the deep down. And it's the same with like seeing my mum put like Cindy Crawford on the fridge when we were little. Yeah. You know, she was doing that for her. She didn't recognize the impact it would have on us. Like, you know, yeah. and, you know, those, that's what people did in the, in the 80s. Yeah, you know? those statistics weren't out then about what the impact was. The research hadn't been done. Like, God, diet culture was at its peak probably yeah. in the 80s. Like, everyone was yeah. really bands and like, you know. Yeah, uh, that's when Rosemary Conley was starting our Fat is Bad for You journey. Oh, yeah. And Weight Watchers and yeah. all, those, all that stuff. Yeah. Mr. Motivator in the nineties. Oh, I loved him. <laughs> and Leslie Webb, Leslie Webb, she used to do the the, the TVAM. <laughs> she, she had massive curly hair and used to wear the the lycra with the leotard over the top of the leggings. And she did like my mum had a video that was eight minutes exercise a day. And even up until she got rid of the video player, I think she might still have that video going, I need a video player to do Lizzie Webb's eight minutes. Like, hey, you get it online now, mum. <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I need it. <laughs> oh, brilliant people. But I mean, I love that, you know, that, that sort of like, you know, because I've learned so much about it over the past year that I've been part of this sort of movement and like speaking to people and learning about it. It's like, I feel like our whole society has things worked in their heads. We're all getting, uh, because of these messages that we're being fed, because of this diet culture that we're surrounded at, because we're told what is the perfect body and because none of us have that perfect body, it kind of makes us really warped in the way we see ourselves. We, We don't know what we look like. We don't know... We don't listen to our bodies. We, um, we, are, we don't like our bodies. So in turn, we punish our bodies. Yep. We, uh, we, we ignore them. We abuse them. We overwork them. Um, we never rest them. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and, I'm, and I'm of the opinion we need to flip that completely. Yep. Like we need to encourage people, no matter what they look like, no matter what size they are, their body is a natural piece of this world yeah. and that's wonderful. And they have this body that lets them live this life and they get to love that body and celebrate that body. And I think when you do that, you're so much more likely to listen to your body 
yeah. and move it the way it needs to be moved and nourish it the way it needs to be nourished and pay, pay way more attention to it and be way more compassionate to it. And I think that would improve everyone's mental health, yeah. their physical health. You know, we all know the connection between mental health and physical health. Yeah. So like you start with like that sort of very, that's all like kind of mental attitude towards yourself. You start with that and then everything kind of grows from that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm like waiting for the government to like start that campaign of like celebrate your body instead of the obesity crisis is at a maximum and we need to war on obesity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Just the language they use is approaching it from the wrong sense, and I think with that that campaign that's out just now for um, from cancer research that's saying obesity is one of the the one is the second most preventable cause of certain cancers. If the government and the media's message was more positive and like how can we do this better rather than you're obese you're going to get cancer like the approach to it would be different yeah it's it's I, I was recently asked about this and my thoughts around this and it's just we we constantly see images and messages about what obesity is and mm. what what fat people are and all it does is like perpetuate the shame around yep. being fat and being and 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 sizeism and um, and hate towards people of different sizes. Mm. I, I mean, I don't mind, I don't mean to get down the route of like body positivity is all about fat and and oh, and weight. I mean, but it's just a huge part of it at the moment. Yep. So like, I am touching it, but um, yeah, um, the. Yeah, the problem with that that campaign is, I mean, you know, it may may raise awareness to a few people, and they're like, "Crikey, I, 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 maybe I need to lose weight, and maybe I need to, you know," but I also think that it also contributes to the to this fat phobia that is so prevalent in our society. Yeah, and we we need to kind of do some work around that because it's really, really destructive. Like. Yeah. You know, you see these five-year-old, there's a stat that's like 51% of seven-year-old girls and 33% of seven-year-old boys wish they were thinner. Yeah, skinny. That's seven years old, right? Yeah. Like, you didn't even realize you had a body at seven years old. You were just yeah. like fleeing around. <laughs> Running around in circles thinking uh -huh. it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my yeah. God, I get to just live. How amazing. Yeah. And then we lose that and then we're told, you know, and so it's just such a big, it's just such a big thing. You know, there's, you know, you, you, you don't know someone, like, I'm not saying that everyone has to be healthy and that's not possible for everyone. Yeah. But you can't tell someone's health status from the size of their body. No. And so there's, there's from health at every size, yeah. uh, which is, which is a movement, which encourages us to kind of treat the person as a whole rather than treating someone just because of what weight they are. Um, you know, it, they say that from re recent research that um, you're more likely to live longer if you're in the overweight category, according to our traditional BMI standard uh, scale that we currently are. And mm. if you get me onto the BMI scale, it's oh. like total <laughs> rage. Like it was made up, and then it and then they changed it overnight, and so in the, like the 1970s or 80s, they changed it overnight to make it even smaller so that um, 
like certain 80 million Americans or something who were who were one day in the um, normal weight category were suddenly in the overweight category. Mm. And it's all fueled by diet culture and capitalism and then like making a shit ton of money from us all feeling like crap about ourselves. Yeah, because yeah, when the BMI calculator was originally created, it was, um, I think it was pre-war and it was for elderly people for checking that they weren't underweight because being underweight obviously is malnutrition and then a whole host of other problems and they don't have the strength to fight illness and disease. So the, the purpose of it was never to tell people that they had to go on a diet or that they were too fat. It was the other end of the scale. And then, so when, what, like, did, what year did you say it was like created? I think it was around wartime, like I think the second just before the Second World War, around and that think, time. You know, how, how big is our... You know, it's something like someone told me that the average height for a guy was 5'9". Was it as high as that? Tall as that? Five, it's, it's grown a full inch yeah. in nine years. Wow. Average height, right? Yeah. When you're growing huge, and I don't know if it's because of all of the growth hormones. That <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, I think, isn't it? Oh, God. I know I have this whole theory about eggs and milk being full of growth, growth hormones, and that's why we're having giant babies, which terrifies me because I was nine pound ten. So I'm like thinking that my baby's going to be, if I, when I get pregnant, if I get pregnant, I'm going to have a baby that's like 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I was a, like, a nine pounds oh, baby. Oh, £9.10 baby as well. And they, you know, we yeah. were told, oh, that was massive, that was massive. You hear so many of my friends have had like nine pounders. <laughs> I'm like, ah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that I, I was told also that that, um, that actual BMI, it created a parabola, like, and, and they wanted to make sure that it was a really nice curve. So they, that's like, what's important the aesthetics of their curve. Well, well you know, curves are important. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> something like that I, I spoke to a fat studies researcher from New Zealand and she had all of this information about BMIs and I was shocked so shocked at why it even existed how they managed to just alter overnight in like yeah. the 1980s to suit their requirements doesn't surprise me it's nuts it's absolutely yeah. nuts yeah so anybody who's worried about their BMI number just ditch it just don't just don't weigh yourself don't, yeah yeah then you won't get to work out your BMI. Yeah, I have that conversation with a lot of my clients because they're like, oh, I went on scale today and I've put on two pounds, but I've been really good. And I'm like that, oh my God, please throw the scales in the bin. Yeah, like, I haven't. How, look in the mirror, how do you look? Yeah, I haven't weighed myself since last year <clears throat> because I realised just how shit I felt every time mm. I did. Even if I'd lost weight, I'd be like, why haven't I lost more than that? Yeah. Or that's still above where I want to be. You know, yeah. it was never, and, and even though I had kind of started this journey by that point and I had had realizations about how amazing my body was and which flipped how I had previously thought about my body. Yeah. Um, I still, it, it was like, I went back to being like a 17 year old on those skills mm-hmm. and kind of stepping on and going, oh, like everything, all of the negativity. And it was just like, it was a surge that kind of overpowered my rational thinking in my brain. And I was like, yes. why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. Like I can logically think that this is all bullshit and like, I don't actually have to think these things. I can't help it. It's like a physical reaction. Yeah. And I felt shit for the rest of the day. And I would be mean to people and I'd be mean to myself. And I would either like not eat or 
eat too much or you know it was never like yeah. so I was like I don't need to know I I don't think I have changed weight at all since last year yeah like I've not and it's so funny like I've not dieted I've not you know I've not um restricted I've not I've just been doing my daily thing and I've I've like completely I'm, I'm clearly at my set point of my body so yeah and that's fine it doesn't matter what the number in the scale say because at the end of the day it's a number but yeah in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean a whole lot yeah anytime I have to go up to the hospital the first thing you do go on the scales but they're checking that my weight isn't dropping because obviously with Crohn's that's a yeah that's a sign that the, the disease has flared up and I'm like really do you have to I can tell you I've not lost any weight well they'll still fit me exactly the same as it did last month please stop weighing me because well you have a right to like that, not, not look at the number you can yeah. ask them if you're really being serious about not knowing what your weight is then yeah, that's, like, they have to do it for their records that's totally fine yeah but it's like they get obsessed I'm like see as long as I'm somewhere between 60 and 70 kilos it's fine there's a, mm. there's a 10 kilo range in there it's all good <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get started on your positive Jesus can't even say that positive. body body positive <laughs> journey <laughs> well um I I did a, a few self-development courses down in London in yep. 2016 mm-hmm. and I did them with the I, I told people I was doing them to learn how to be a nice person and to learn how to not be <laughs> as much of a bitch and to learn who I am I, I've always kind of like questioned like who am I like why do I do the things I do like mm. why do I think the way I think why do I act the way I act and and so I was kind of intrigued at that and I'd heard about these courses and like my cousin had done them and he's, you know, he didn't ever tell me about them, but he just, um, I just noticed how he'd like was a little bit more sorted, you know, yeah. like his life was a bit more sorted and he was making big decisions and quitting his job and starting a, a new business and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, what, what, you seem a bit more sorted. And he was like, do you think so? And I just did these courses I found really helpful. So I was like, sign me up. I'm like right up for that sort of stuff. <laughs> And what I didn't quite realize at the time was I really wanted to be thin. I really wanted to figure out why I'd never been thin. And I wanted to get thin, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I, over the years I'd like run a marathon. I'd like, uh, dieted in lots of different ways. done weight watchers, done all of that stuff. And I always kind of thought that there might be something going on in my head that's preventing me from being thin. And because I thought thin was the ultimate. Yes. And um, and I never quite got there. And so I went on these courses, not quite realizing that that was actually probably the main goal. Above the being a nicer person, above above the not being a bitch, you know? Yeah. And what happened on the courses was they totally flipped how I saw my life. So before the courses, I had thought that my life was my body. Okay. I thought this was my limitations. This was how I carried myself through the world. This is how people received me, how people judged me. And, and that was it. And because this body wasn't the typical body, natural, beautiful body that, you know, you see, you think you're, you're told is beautiful. Yeah. I, I, 
it affected my life like you know it affected how I saw my life it affected the powerfulness of my life and what I was capable of and uh, what I could achieve and who I could be with and you know all of those things and what they did was they they, they explained because <laughs> I truly believe it now they 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 flipped what my life was. So my life now is all of the things I say, all of the things I do, who I am, all of the people I meet, they make up my life, all of the people I will ever meet, everything that's in my past and everything that's in my future. Um, it's what I create for this world. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's in every sort of action and it's everything I say. And it's absolutely... Well, to be fair, it's it's very little to do with my body. Yeah, my body is the vehicle that I'm allowed to be able to live this big, giant, massive, unscalable, unfathomable life that is made up of so many different parts. My body is one small part of that. Yeah, and another thing that flipped for me was um, I used to be like sort of like terribly anxious about what other people thought of me. Mm-hmm. So I used to kind of wonder what the guy who was walking towards me down the street, complete stranger, would be thinking of me. And it would like, I would rack myself, like, you know, with thoughts about this. And they kind of explained, you know, what I'm sure has been explained to me before, but maybe I just needed to hear it in that moment, the way the guy was saying it. Yeah. Was, you know, everybody lives this life being told about what is right and what is wrong. They're seeing their life through their perspective, through their lens, which has been clouded by a million different voices, by their mother, their grandmother, telling them what is good and what is bad, by all of this media telling them what is good and what is bad. And how they think of you has absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's totally 100% to do with them. And it was literally like those two things colliding, the how I saw my life and how I didn't have to worry about someone else, was like the biggest like weight off my shoulders yeah. about my body. And it, and it made me flip how I saw my body. And I standing in the mirror after this course going, holy shit, I have been so hard on my body for 33 years. And it's the most wonderful thing I've ever been given. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. And from that moment, I was like, Phew. and then that was in October of 2016. And then I started the project in January of 2017. And I started reading more and more about body positivity and body confidence and body image and how we see food and how we look at food, you know, our, our, our interactions with food and women's interactions with food is very interesting. And, and so I've just learned and learned and learned and figured out a few different techniques. Mine was like an epiphany moment and yeah. that's not possible for everyone. Mm. I totally get that. So I figured out like, really healthy tips to improve it for yourself which is like a choice that you make every day changing your habits changing how you are with yourself learning more about yourself like a bit of self-awareness to kind of um help the people that aren't going to just be as lucky as me and have an epiphany yeah um so there's loads of tips that i like write about on my website my blog and um and 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 what I do at my events and my workshops and we critically analyze like the media and capitalism and all these different reasons yeah. why we feel these ways about ourselves and how we can how we can change that, how we can change that mindset. Yeah. I think understanding 
what the, the media and the marketing companies are doing to us is really powerful for people to realise, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not not worthy or I'm not enough. Yeah, I, I am actually enough. Yeah, when, when that's kind of highlighted and taught to people, this is how they sell to you. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, right. So drinking the Diet Coke isn't going to make me a fun person. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, it's something like, in, I think it was like in the 1950s, it kind of flipped from being, um, this is a nice product that you might like, yeah. to your life is shit and this will make you better. Yeah. This will make you happier, prettier, more attractive. More, this, and, it, and it literally, you can see, and now all advertisers do it. Yeah. Because they use certain people in their advertising because mm. you think that you're going to look like that if you buy the, if you buy the product. Yeah. Or it's something to do with, it's, it's, it can be anything to do with your lifestyle, your body, your education level, anything. Yeah. It's a really good way to sell your product by telling you that you are not that great yeah. and you need to buy this to be better. Yeah. It's tapping Open. into all your worst fears of Absolutely. what you believe about yourself. Yeah. They're really good at it now. They have like psychologists that do it. (laughs) Yeah, they have psychologists that do it. And then obviously with the whole cookie thing, they can see what you're looking at and they can see the language that you're using when you're on your social media and stuff like that. And then they throw that back at you. Yeah. And it's like, like, oh, I must need this because everywhere you go, you see that lipstick or that hair color or the food or whatever it is on every single website and you're like oh it must be a sign from the universe no you're just being stalked (laughs) by marketing companies sales sales (laughs) techniques just unbelievable they have a lot more money than we could ever imagine and they they know what they're doing yeah and And they are on their end goal is to make more money it's not to make you feel good about yourself and people need to realize that diets are a product that are being yes. forcefully, forcefully sold to us. Yeah. They are being rammed down our throats, like ironically, um, <laughs> because it is a product that is designed to last a certain amount of time to then for then you to go off and be back to your normal lifestyle, which takes you back into the realms of where you might not be happy. Yeah. And then you go back to the product. So you're coming back, spending the money, spending the money, yeah. in their assistance, being like a crutch on you. It's, up, it's in their best interest to make you really screwed up around food, screwed up mm. around your body, so that you'll Need keep coming back, back for more. Yeah, because yeah, the number of times you hear people say, oh, I, the last time I was at whatever slimming club I was at, I, it really worked for me. But then I stopped going and then I put all the weight back on and I'm, you're like, well, obviously it didn't work for you because they didn't teach you, they didn't empower you on how to take control of your actions and your thoughts and your beliefs around yourself. They're- my whole my whole issue with diets, apart from them being like a total capitalist-driven like product yeah. that's, you know, being sold to you, is that they don't put the control in your hands. No. They t- dictate to you, dependent on the type of diet it is, they dictate to you, how much you should eat, when you should eat, how you should eat, what not to eat, you know, all, like all of these rules around food and they're completely taking away from how are you feeling in your body right now? Mm, What does your body need? What does your mind need? What, why, why might you eat when you're, what drives you to eat? What are the emotions involved? Who are you as a person? Like none of them, resolve those sort of 
issues that is that are all tied into why we overeat and why we undereat and why we um, how we think about size and what we think about is the right side you know our weight our fat phobia that we tends to be ingrained in a lot of us yeah and um, so yeah that's my issue with diets is like they do not they just do not um at all ever put the control in your hands that's why i'm doing this event about intuitive eating in may in edinburgh which is um i've got someone to coming along talk about intuitive eating it's like known to be the sort of antidote to diet yeah. diet dieting it's like yeah. it puts the control back in your hands it encourages listening to your body respecting your body yeah. having no rules around food no restriction of food while also committing to doing right by your body yeah i'm loving your body um and so if, people, if people ate that. from that from that viewpoint because I've, I've been reading a lot about ayurveda and ayurveda is very much you work out your body type and then you eat what suits your body type but it's always listening to how your body's responding to whatever food you put in it doesn't make you feel good doesn't make you feel energized doesn't make you feel lethargic doesn't make you feel moody and if that food has that impact on you adjust whether or not you eat it or you don't eat it mm-hmm. i think they, like i realized how little i listened to my body yeah right? i i recently i when i was being a bit more conscious about what I was putting into it and that's shoveling food into my, you know, getting through the day sort of thing. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I don't think I like coffee. And then I was like, I, I can't not like coffee. <laughs> coffee is like that cool, like drink that everyone drinks. Everyone does. About it and addicted to it. And it's like, what if I didn't have coffee in my life? Oh my God, what would that mean to me? Yeah. And, oh, I was, um, I was like, oh shit, like, this is scary. I don't want to not, I'm like, oh, I eat everything. And, you know, I'm not a fussy eater and all this stuff. And I'm like, I might become a fussy eater because (laughs) I'm like, I don't think that I actually like brawn beans. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) This makes me really bloated. This makes me really uncomfortable. Yes. Um, you know, this makes me really feel really sluggish. It's like it's going to be. There might be a few changes that I need to make. Yeah. But if I'm committed to liking my body and doing right by it, those might be changes that I need to make. Yeah. Still learning. I'm still getting there. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's a long a long journey. It's, it's ever evolving because as you age, your body's needs are different. Your tastes will change. Yep. The food yeah. will change. Like every what you're introduced to, what and how your body responds to all the foods yeah and adapt and change it's really interesting talking to someone like you who's going through all these things where they need to be restrictive for what Mm. you know you may want to eat a big pile of the thing that you cannot eat but like your 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 doctor and your the you know that things aren't right for your body and it's really difficult to kind of you know if you were completely 100% healthy like you might just want to I just want to have a big chunk of bread and a side of chocolate and like I'm really fascinated to talk to people who who are on restricted diets because it really must screw up you listening to your body you might just I just want something and you just can and how does how are you coping well at the moment I haven't really come across any foods that I've not been able to eat but I don't know if that's because I'm still on medication and that's controlling it so it'll be for me it's going to be one of the driving things for me not wanting to be on medication is to see what changes I want to make to be able to control it 
So I might come off the medication and discover that there's loads of food that I have been eating that I actually can't oh. at the moment. I'm, I feel yeah, really fortunate that if I want bread, I can have it. If I want pasta with dairy, I can have it. Like if I want chocolate, it doesn't cause any problems. But that could be the cushioning that the medication's given me. I don't know until they let me they let me come off it. So that like the next you look really excited yeah, about. That. I am. I'm <laughs> such a fucking geek. Like when I went in from a scope. I was like, that's the consultant, can I watch? And he was like, if you really want, when they're sticking a camera up and I'm looking at my colon thinking, wow, this is amazing. And he's like, but I, I am, I, it's the next, for me, it's the next stage of the journey. It's like, right, I know now what hurt my body. I know that working too much and not resting and probably not eating enough and all the things because I was just putting my body under constant stress before not sleeping enough I've now adapted a lot of that and I'm now eating more regularly I'm getting all my sleep I'm making sure I drink plenty of water getting all the basics right now take one of the crutches away to see what happens to see if I'm getting it right and if not what do I need to work on to go for to go forward and it's all I'm my body's a big experiment at the moment it's like what am I getting right? What am I not getting right? Because I don't want to rely on medication for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And you're so is it mainly you're just really keen to get off the medication, yeah. and then you'll do what needs to be done. Yeah, I'll do any extra stuff that needs to be done because I'm making sure. Because before I used to sleep maybe four, four, five hours a night if oh. I was lucky, and that's if I was lucky, and that didn't inc- include weekends where I would go out and I'd come home and maybe get two hours sleep and then go and go to work again. And then oh I went on holiday to Ibiza and didn't sleep for a fortnight. <laughs> so there was never any rest in my life. And when I when I was working before, I was teaching spin classes, I was personal training, I was teaching other fitness classes, I was teaching Pilates, and it was go, 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 go. And then on my days off, I was like, oh, I think I'll go to the gym today and I'll go and lift some heavy weights. And there was no downtime at all. So I've brought all that in and made sure that I get I feel my body so when I'm hungry I eat when I'm not hungry I don't eat and I've made those changes how many hours do you sleep a night now I get eight hours oh my god I hope with like four I was on adrenaline so much of the time and because I would get up and I would so teach bad. an early morning class so I was getting up and the cortisol was just hitting straight in so I didn't feel tired and then I was teaching maybe another spin classes seven eight o'clock at night so the court was always raised again so I couldn't get to sleep till two three o'clock in the morning and then it just the cycle started again and it, my body got used to that because the body's so adaptable to the situation it thought well this is the normal thing to be up here all the time that eventually the adrenal glands and everything were like nah, we're done let's let's burn out we need to actually stop her from doing anything anymore Mm-hmm. So they shut everything, like basically shut everything down in me. Is that connected to the Crohn's, the adrenal glands? The the excessive stress. They know they they don't know that it triggers Crohn's, but what they do know is it makes all the symptoms worse. So they, because they don't know what it is that triggers it, they now think that there's a bacterial imbalance. And bacterial imbalances can occur from having too high stress levels, like from the cortisol levels from being too high because it causes chronic inflammation and then kicks off from there. But they don't have a definitive, this is what what causes it, but we know that this makes it worse. And because I was presenting with chronic diarrhea, 
severe weight loss. I had a skin disease called Sweets disease, which is related to IBD. Um, I had ulcers in my mouth all down my colon. Like I was presenting as having really severe, what they called severe Crohn's. That, but when I look at all the studies that I can find on Crohn's and then look at my lifestyle, I'm like, well, I was eating all the green foods, I was taking probiotics, the diet side of it seemed to be fine. It was everything else that I was doing, which is that whole you can't out-train a bad, when you think you can't out-train a bad diet. I was doing the good diet, but over-training on the other side of it. Right. So all that excessive, excessive lifestyle that you think, oh, I'm super healthy because I'm fit. Mm-hmm. But it's that, that balance between being fit and being healthy. You have got a really powerful message that you need to tell a lot of the people that are like <laughs> gym bunnies that have got like really screwed up ideas of what their body needs to be and yeah and then they're punishing it to the nth degree yeah and loads and loads of people that i know that go to the gym a lot are um, all, most of them suffer at some form of ibs and it's like that's a bacterial imbalance like your gut's mega stressed there yeah oh Oh my god! Yeah, so it's taking it's making me very aware of this body. I can't, why can I not say that body positivity body, stuff? <laughs> because when I was thinking about being body positive and body confident, it was I want to be as fit as I can be. I want to be as healthy and those little things. Um, it's like you know, actually, I wasn't because what I was doing was to the opposite end and. I was punishing myself without necessarily realizing that I was punishing myself. Yeah, and then you know, it's so praised. It's praised all of that. Activity. Yeah. Oh my God, you're so you, fair. Oh my you God, you're think so that you're doing anything. You know. Yeah. Even if you're doing it all the time, all day, every day, you would still be praised for it. So yeah. how can you break out of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I do, I do think that when, when, when you turn it around, I mean, like that's just like a, a top so little like awareness of what is going on in your body that mm. you're you're doing it the opposite of what a lot of people are doing it, yeah where they're kind of abusing it they have no concept and they're so disconnected from their bodies because they've been told that their bodies are shit and they you know so we don't we're, we're so disconnected yeah that we're just you know not eating right and not exercising moving right and then you're going the, end, <laughs> the totally opposite way where you're disconnected from your body to the point where you yeah. can't read that, oh my God, I'm abusing it and I'm not looking after it and I'm not letting it rest and I'm not yeah. relaxed and I'm, you know, we're yeah. just so bloody disconnected. It's like, how do we fix that? Yeah. And it's, it's hard work. Whether you're trying to get off the sofa or whether you're trying to stop going to so many classes because you think you just try and get fo- so focused on the end goal mm-hmm. of that's too big a journey and sometimes it takes something extreme to happen that either gets you up off the sofa or puts you down on the sofa mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you don't and I, I don't want people to get to that point of being extreme of that extreme oh my god I have to do something now it's where like, it's a scare yeah yeah you want to to help encourage people to either do a little bit more or do a little bit less and know that that's okay yeah yeah what would your first piece of advice be to people 
if they are listening to this and are at one end of the scale or the other start to become more body positive? Um, well, to look after yourself and so to talk about body confidence um, and to look after yourself and how you might um, improve your own body confidence, I would recommend curating what you see, curating the social media, the media that you take in, the media that you can take in. So, you know, there's a certain amount that you can't, you don't have control over, like the billboards you see when you walk down the street and, you know, um, the, the products that are maybe in your home and whatever. But you have so much control over the TV you consume, the cinema, the films that you go and watch in the cinema, the people you follow on social media, mm. um, the magazines you buy, like, oh my God, I don't know if there's one magazine that I would ever buy now. Like, I, I haven't bought magazines for, I, I was never big into magazines, but I was like, those like little circles of like misery where people are pointing out like someone's toe going through their sandal or, yeah. you, know, you know, the rolls of fat on the, on the, on the bikini shot. Um, you know, none of that is positive in any way it's completely shaming it's completely body shaming and it it just serves to make you feel like you're comparing yourself um so definitely curate i go on instagram every day and i'm like feel inspired and Mm. buoyed up because of the way the what i'm following yeah i follow people of all different shapes and sizes people that are putting out a very positive message people that are advocates and activists people that are putting up inspirational quotes you know that sort yeah. of stuff like so i literally scroll and it's like the opposite of what i can imagine a 19 year old girl is scrolling through every day with kardashians and fitspo and you know all of this stuff that's just out there just that will make you just feel shit about yourself because yeah. all you'll do is go well my body doesn't look like that and mm-hmm. I'm never gonna look like that and I look shit and I feel shit and I and then it just perpetuates the not feeling happy yeah um and then another thing so what I did of January of 2017 when I start, roughly around when I started this project is I was walking down Arthur's seat in Edinburgh with a friend and we were talking about bras and being able to wear different bras and she's got smaller bibs than me so she gets to wear those like little lovely lacy bras and I have to wear bigger bras because I've got bigger bibs (laughs) and and I was an underwire and all this stuff and um and she was like yeah but you've got bigger boobs and you know that's like you know that's what is the you know considered feminine and voluptuous and and I was like yeah but you get to you, you this these are not like you know they're not as pert as I would want, you know, all of this sort of stuff. I was yeah. like going all through all of, and we were kind of comparing and like, and then she was like, you know what? I've just decided I'm not going to say anything negative about my body ever again. And I was like, I like burst out laughing and I said, that's not possible. <laughs> that's not possible. <laughs> and then I was like, hold on. Well, why is it not possible? I'm the one that's in control of what words come out of my mouth. Yeah. And I realized just how, contagious negative chat about bodies is we sit around a table and you know have dinner together and it's like especially when women get together it's like one thing and then the other thing and then the comparing and then if you think that's bad look at mine you know 
And I was like, I don't want to be part of that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm not going to join in the conversation and I'm going to try and not say it out loud about myself. And what I found with that is I'm, it's not coming into my head anymore. When you don't say things out loud, mm. your brain is out of that habit. Yes. So it, it stops the habit of the thoughts even forming. So now I look in the mirror and positive stuff comes into my head. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking good today. I think my hair looks great. Wow, I think I'm looking quite hot, you know, or whatever you want to, you know, it, different things come up all the time. Yeah. But, oh my God. In opposition to how two years ago, what was coming into my head when I looked in the mirror, it's a very different story. And so that's another tip. It's one of my top tips to stop joining in the conversation. That doesn't mean telling people off for them doing it. You know, they're not on your journey. This is about you. But if that means removing yourself from a conversation when it's going on or being quiet or, you know, my friends now know that I will only ever comment on their body to tell them that they're beautiful. Yeah. And if they're having a bad day and they want to say something negative about their body, which they're much less likely to do around me nowadays, I think they're a bit more cautious, which I don't mean to do. But you know what, if, it, if it's actually having that thing where it's not going to be in the atmosphere and those negative words are not going to be out there, then I'm quite happy that they're more cautious than <laughs> the words around me. But um they 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 say it less and if they if if they do say something i i'll just say well i think you look beautiful yeah and it's almost if you're when you're doing that and you're being that positive person it's starting they might not be ready to quite retrain their brains yet but it's bringing that awareness into they've said something negative but you've been able to highlight something positive and the neuroscience now can show that we can retrain those neural pathways of creating more positive so when you do gratitude and you do meditation you're strengthening that part of the brain to make that more your default and this is exactly the same you're you're strengthening that default that's definitely what I did with this yeah not saying it out loud and not 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 letting my words for my mouth form those words yeah and if you catch yourself when you catch yourself doing it be like oh, I just said that, like, let's think of something good to say about myself quickly and turning it around. Mm-hmm. Just starts with awareness. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, the, that's another thing, like, um, recognising that we are creatures of habit and, mm. that, and that actually negative thinking has, not, has become a habit because we do it every single day. We don't even notice that we're doing it. We're not even aware of it. Yeah. That is a habit. And to retrain a habit takes a lot of work, you know? It's yeah. not just a... I'm going to stop that, you know, smoking and, you know, we're addicted to these things and our brains are programmed, even evolved to focus on negatives because it's what keeps us alive. Mm -hmm. You know, we've noticed when there's a car coming towards us along the street and it's, it's the way that we have evolved from hunter gatherers when those ones that were good at focusing on negatives to know when the starvation was going to happen, when a saber-toothed tiger was coming around the corner, <laughs> or there was violence, or there was disease. Those ones that knew about that and could attune to those negatives were more yeah. likely to survive. So they've passed on those genes. We have evolved to being really good at focusing on negatives. And now our negatives aren't that there's a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. Our negatives are how I feel about myself. Am I going mm. to cut my hands? I don't think that my life is as good as it should be. Yeah. And we're just focusing on those things that aren't going to kill us. 
well, they probably, you know, could send us into a deep despair of bad mental health if we if we allowed them to let if we allowed us ourselves to focus on them. Yeah. But that is what's those are our negatives, and we're, it's just our brain doing a really good job of trying to keep us safe. And yeah. you know, when you recognise that, you can be like, oh, well, thanks very much, but actually, I do can stop that. now. Yeah, I'm going to go down a different path. Yeah, and I think when people are watching the news and reading newspapers, that's all negative. It's all negative language. It's all fear-based. So that kind of fuels it. So I found one of the, the most positive um, things I did, this is now years ago, maybe even nearly as much as 10 years ago, I stopped watching the news and I stopped reading newspapers. I'll every now and again glance at a headline just to see if there's anything that I should know. But when I, if I see the news at my mum and dad's or... I read a paper, I get angry with the way that they've worded things because I'm like, that's just fueling more negative behaviour, more negative thought patterns, more negative behaviour. Yeah, Yeah, a connection of mine in Edinburgh actually started doing that. And she said, I said about, oh, you know, about the, um, the, the stopping... Um, people from certain Muslim countries getting into America when Trump was doing that. And she was yeah. like, what's that about what? And I was like, you know, the whole sort of thing with the, where he's like said these seven or nine countries that are not allowed to yeah. anyone's. And he, she was like, no, no. I was like, how do you not know about this? She was like, I haven't watched the news since January. And I'm like, and she says, if she feels like the universe is sending her message, if she needs to know something it will find a way of getting to her but she said I was living in fear I was concerned about my husband going traveling my partner Mm. going traveling I couldn't I just couldn't function it was giving me so much anxiety I just decided this is not good for me what can I do to look after myself and so she just feels that now if she needs to know something it will find her yeah because she was like I was afraid of my partner going to Paris because of all of these bombings and shootings and yeah I just I I was too terrified and I wasn't functioning and so I just need to so I did that to look after myself and I was like I was so shocked at first I was like you can't and I said you know what it's your life if you you do what's right for you like she's not hurting anyone by not knowing what's going on and some people may consider her you know whatever you know and you from like, you know, like your responsibility to yeah. know what's going you know. But it's your life. Like yeah. you get to dictate as your as I and I what I always say about somebody when they come to an America, it's your body. Whatever you do with it, it's up to you. Yeah. Whatever you want to do that you think is right for your body, it is yours. I'm very into body autonomy autonomy. And the same with life. Your life, you do what as long as you're not hurting anyone else. <laughs> You do what you like, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then you have to do what feels right for you. So mm-hmm. watching the news doesn't make you feel good and you recognise that and you go, let's try it even for a few days to see what the impact has on it. And if you feel like, oh my God, I'm really missing out on what's going on in the world, then go back and watch the news and whatever. But if you go, oh, actually I feel lighter and happier and less concerned and less fearful, then stick with it. Yeah, I was speaking to a psycho... Um, we- <laughs> A lecturer at University of Strathclyde, and she's done work into Facebook and how it affects body image. So that's why we were meeting, but she was telling me about her students and how they started a news website that not only did they report positive stories, but when they were reporting issues in the news, they would 
they would report it in a problem-solving way. Mm-hmm. So not just reporting, oh, this is something that's bad that's happened in the world and isn't this shit and who's to blame and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like they actually worked through solutions in the story of how it could be better. And I was like flabbergasted at this. <laughs> I was like, that's a thing that exists. Like I have never seen news reported where, where it's actually discussed what is a way to make this a better situation. Like, yeah. We're so just used to it being like, oh that's crap and he's crap and they're crap and they're shit and we're everything's shit yeah 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 it's interesting it's yeah. really interesting i've just looked at the time and realized how long we've been chatting how long have we been chatting <laughs> um, we've been recording for over just coming up an hour oh okay <laughs> well, it there's just so much to talk about and it's like oh we could keep going and going and going but i don't know that people listen for that long <laughs> I think they're engrossed. They all dropped off. I think it's about twelve they minutes. Should, they should. They should be engrossed because I have been. <laughs> what is the best way for the listeners to get in contact with you if they want to see what you're doing, know more about any of your workshops and retreats and stuff like that that are coming up? Um, I would say the top two ways is my website www.chatchipowerproject.co.uk. Yep. If you put Chachi, C-H-A, C-H-I, power into Google, you'll find me. Yeah. But um, the, two, the two best ways, I would say, are Instagram. So I'm Chachi Power Project on Instagram. Yep. You can follow me on Facebook. I'm also Chachi Power Project on Facebook. Um, but the majority of my stuff goes out on my website. I've got all my events up there, all the yeah. workshops I'm doing. I'm doing a retreat in November which has just gone live. So there's only seven spaces already left on it. So oh, amazing. yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, it's up in the Cairngorms. I can't wait. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, website and Instagram, probably the best too. I'm also Facebook and Twitter. Okay. I'll put the links to all the stuff in the show notes so that people can just go straight to there and click on them. Thank you. And get directly linked to you. So I want to thank you so much, Danny. No problem. It's, it's been, been such, really nice to It's chat. such a really interesting, really good podcast. I can't are wait you, to listen to it back. Are you G'd up for your week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just need yeah. a day off though. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Monday today, but I know that you have a day on Thursday. Though. I have a day off on Thursday and I'm looking forward to that being yes. <laughs> So thank you very much for being on the podcast. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll, uh, I'll speak to you very soon.